Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <clears throat> okay, here we go. They say great things come in threes. Great stuff. The great days we're living, bro. That's just <laughs> Unfortunately, not in this case. What is this? But maybe someday it will be. Can you believe that? Okay, world, hold on to your collective. It's time for the Bam Slam podcast. With Ben Fletcher, Allison Ratzlaff, and Mike Costa. <laughs> what is going on, Bam Slam fam? Bam Slam podcast episode number 11. Hope everybody is doing well. There's one guy, there's one family that isn't doing well, and that's the Spanos family. Spanos. More specifically, that is <laughs> Dean Spanos. Uh, if you don't know, the word came down, uh, it was on April 1st. And Nathan Fenno, who's a very accomplished journalist, very respected, um, let the cat out of the bag that the Spanos family, the Spanos family trust, whatever, they're in court now because one of the four um, operating Spani of the Los Angeles Chargers, is it D? Her name is D, not just D- like Dean without the N. Yeah, not D, uh, but Dean. And it's not, D. And it's not D-E-E, like no, it's, it's actually DEA. Yeah, I was D- talking Dea. to Daniel Popper yesterday. He said Dea. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, I, whatever. But I, I've been saying D the whole time because I just think it's funny. That it is they, funny. <laughs> was it is. Alex just lazy and was like D? I think D. so. And the the younger the two younger ones are Dick and Dork. So <laughs> no, um, no I, pretty I, sure they're Michael and Alexis. Okay, we'll, we'll carry call on. Them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, she D is trying to get him for lack of a better term, to she's trying to force a sale of the team because she, it seems like, is the only one of the four who sees the handwriting on the wall. They're going bankrupt. And she is, wants to retire. Yeah, yeah. Didn't the article say $353 million in yeah. debt? Yep. Yeah. And to $22 million to different charities that they've already pledged the money to that they can't pay the money. Right. So all these charities are... You know, banking on that money, it's probably written into all their budgets. Right. And now they are finding out they're not ever going to get it. No, she she sees what is happening. And she talks in terms of the, the family's financial and and social reputation. Reputation. Their reputation is shit. I'm sorry that the, the ship is sailed. The genie is out of the bottle on that simply because... They made one of the biggest mistakes ever in the history of sports by moving that team out of San Diego after 56 years up to Los Angeles. And we are we're 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 going over old territory. We're preaching to the choir. Everybody knows, but the fact that it it arrived here and everybody, almost to a man or woman, knew that Ben, this was going to happen, that this was going to be. The end result when a city immediately said, whoa, whoa, time out. We don't want you. We didn't ask for you. Why are you here? The fact that they could not read the room beforehand and they went ahead and still did it shows you really how stupid they are. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can get a charger. If you come with a charger tattoo, you can get a hot dog. I mean, the crazy crazy marketing things they were doing and the, and you know, I, I do a lot with social media Mm -hmm. for different brands, different people. And when 
you look at their social media even, it's like, are they hiring the, I mean, it's like interns are doing it. These aren't people that are educated. They're, it's the worst social media in sports. Every single move they make turns into a joke. I mean, It the, blows up in their face. I mean, the, the two-paragraph email when they snuck out of town, it just. You mean the facts? Yeah, it's so disappointing. That everybody received. Was it actually a fax? I think it was a fax, if <laughs> yeah. I'm not mistaken. It's just. And and I really don't have a leg to stand on because the late great Al Davis used to do uh, press conferences with an overhead projector and <laughs> clear, really clear, yeah, clear pages. So they're a little more advanced than than he was. But it, listen, I'm a native San Diegan. Uh, I, I've spent most of my life here, except for you know school on the East Coast and uh, working up in Santa Barbara a year. I know how passionate the fan base was. I know how beloved the franchise was and and even though you know once the the spanos has bought the team there was still hey it's san Diego chargers it, you know doesn't matter go Owen 16 we are going to be with this team and to just literally yank it and pull that what they did in, in a sense and thank god the padres and we're getting to the padres a little later on in, in the podcast thank god the padres are, are striking why the iron is hot but it for the longest time this was a Charger town, and you you literally ripped the heart and soul out of San Diego, a, a large part of it when you took away that football team. So was this the game plan all along? Was this always going to be we're going to move to L.A. We're going to jack the value as much as we can, then we're going to yep. sell, get out. Who well, cares? Well, that's what Dean's evidently said in these court papers. He says that it, the he in, the in a letter to his yeah at the end of twenty twenty four in a letter to his siblings he said that he would. Um, you know, be Bring finding an, an investment banker right. that would help with the sale. But it's, it's just, we lost a team in the process of all of his shenanigans. It just is so, it still makes me really I don't, listen, angry and I, uh, heartbroken. Well, it, it really does. I don't begrudge anybody who has whatever. Allison, if you, if you buy a car and you know that it's a special car and if you sit on it for 10 years and then you sell it, you're going to make a profit. I don't begrudge anybody for making money today, yesterday, or tomorrow. But don't make it at the expense of thousands of people's hunt like what, sixty thousand regular season ticket holders. Yeah. Don't make it at the expense of their livelihood, their tradition, their family's love. Or the or at the expense of your own credibility or yeah. your own persona. Plus Seems it like didn't work. He got there and it, it it didn't work what he was trying to do though. He didn't I mean I guess the value is up, but two point six billion but is the valuation in, right now. But he's in, but but the value, the true value, will be whatever somebody pays for it. Exactly. I mean, and at this point, Joseph side. And, well, and now <laughs> knowing knowing what everybody now knows, I mean, that really didn't do him any favors. The sister coming out and saying they're in all this debt. Yes. Because now somebody could come in and be like, eh, well, here's two billion dollars. Right. I mean, it, yeah. Even though it's worth Great two point six. Allison. So, you know, it's worth it's worth whatever somebody actually will pay. And uh, I don't I don't know. I just if Jeff Bezos buys it. I mean, I think that's where it's probably headed. I want to know how pissed off Jerry and Robert Kraft and all the other owners are right now, like at Dean, because he's airing the NFL's dirty laundry, even though he's not the one doing it. They're like, Dean, get your shit together, dude. Well, I think they listen, they. Because every NFL team has skeletons the, in the closet. But they've all known this about him this entire time. 
Yeah, he's for he's, sure. He, he's the remedial reading group of the NFL. For sure, ownership. he had to go. He had to go rent from Stan Kroenke. Yeah. Like he couldn't even. They, but the, at the end of the day, the NFL and the NFL owners are to blame because they gave him the avenue. They allowed. They opened up that door, and I think at the beginning they thought, "Nah, he'll never do it." You know, he's not going to come up here and be Kroenke's bitch or you know that type of thing. And and he he took it. He did it. He could do it, and he did it. And you had the fight for L.A., which was a total flop. And you mentioned the hot dogs and the tattoos and the and and then having to play up there at Dignity Health and and that just became another. Uh, it, it, basically, it was three years of being an away team. We we all saw we, the optics are what they are. We knew that they were overrun by opposing fans, like it was starting to happen down here in in San Diego. But you have your credibility is shot. You're hated not only in San Diego. But now you're hated in Los Angeles because there's still people up there saying, dude, again, why are you here? We uh, we did not – we weren't begging for it. You came up here. You tried to crowbar yourself into it. You tried to make yourself L.A. right off the bat. And L.A. only recognizes champions. They, they L.A. is not about also-rans or second place. And now, you know, the dirty laundry of the, the fact that he's completely broke is going to turn off L.A. even more. Than just you know the team not being very successful, especially if that twenty two million was pledged to Los Angeles charities. Sure, oh, we don't know where it was pledged to. Yeah, we just know he can't pay it, and nope. the trust is going broke. So they're gonna. This is gonna get ugly. I can't wait. No, it's. I hope in, he gets dragged. Well, he he is gonna get so dragged. So the lawyer uh, is Streisand. The, yeah, the same yeah. lawyer that represented Jeannie Buss when she took over the Lakers mm-hmm. and got the full control she has now. Same lawyer who represented Balmer when he took over the Clippers. He's yes. a heavy hitter. And I sure. hope he kicks Dean in the nuts and drags him down. Well, he's going to. Dean's gonna walk in with an attorney that he saw on some billboard. <laughs> you know, have you? Did you get hurt? You know, call, divorced. Yeah. Injured. Call one eight hundred eat shit or something like that, and I will I will represent you. And and yeah, D walks in with Streisand, and so we kind of have an idea of how this is going to go. You talk about potential owners, and this is something that I think a lot of San Diegans, once that story broke on April first, it immediately became, Oh, they're coming back. They're not coming back. No. If no. if a Bezos or a Balmer, if Steve Balmer buys them, which is completely within the realm of he possibility. He could buy the rest of the NFL if he wants. The dude's richer so, than God. So could Jeff Bezos. So, yeah, Jeff Bezos. Now, mm-hmm. in, in, in we mentioned a guy like Joe Sy who owns the San Diego Seals lacrosse team, who's a multi-billionaire from Brooklyn Alibaba, Nets. Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets as well. Yeah. It, 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 it would all come down to, all right, do I want to um, share – Aztec Stadium with San Diego State University. You'd have to expand, which they can do up to 55000 which okay. is all you need. It, it really is all you need. In this day and age of, listen, SoFi, I think, was the end of the super NFL palaces. Especially now that COVID happened. Yes. And we realized how quickly we could go to a world without fans. Right. And right. so, and Ben, the time we used to have Amy Trask on the show, she was saying it's, it's going to get smaller because right. at the end of the day, and I think I've said at the end of the day like five times. I apologize. Whatever the case may be. Thank you. But when it's all said and done, um, they, the NFL still cannot compete with the at-home experience. The big screen, a dollar beer. Red zone. Red zone. Your own clean toilet. Yeah, people You know, love food that, that costs mm-hmm. a, a, a mere tenth of what it would cost you, you at the stadium. You got a day at home. What else could you need? Oh, Jesus. Watch your video. Thank you. Are we going to have that today? Yeah, we can play it. All right. Um so, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely logical, but for it to happen right now, 
it's not going to happen. I think if the Chargers were to, in some very small, small way, or uh, percentage-wise, if that was going to happen, it's years down the road. And if you're an NFL owner, if let's say you are Josiah or Ballmer or, or Bezos, you you want your own stadium. Yeah. Not to not to crap all over what the Aztecs have going. That's going to be awesome. But they're in the middle of constructing now to what thirty five. Thirty five. Okay. Yeah. There. I don't think there's. I don't know if there's a contingency where if something were to happen, they could go. All right. Wait. Well, time out. We need a lot more. Well, what if concrete. They, well, what if one of these guys threw a bunch of money at That's, San Diego State okay. and said, "Well, yeah, money talks in any situation." Right. I mean, but it would it would like have to be happening like now now right yeah and unfortunately even if there was another owner who was super interested in buying i think i always said it, it's the perceived value it's whatever dean wants to sell it for yeah and the worst part about all this and when i found this out yesterday i was like oh so this is kind of a non-story dean and the three other siblings can buy her out before anyone else sure so if she's trying to sell her part of it and go liquid and retire right off into the sunset while they still have money. But, but can they? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they financially because, because can. Because she's trying to go to a judge to force a sale. I guess maybe it's just her her part. Well, I guess, that, written but, in the trust is that the other three can buy her out before anybody sells. But are the other two morons like he is? Yeah, I think so. They're, they're Listen, they're all... I mean, she made it sound like they're all going to end up destitute if... They don't do this. No, they, they for the longest time they were suckling off the Charger payroll teat when Alex owned the team. Wasn't that their only money now? Is what the value of the team is? Yeah, they're that completely was completely broke outside of that. Yeah, and and right. so they've always been known as being very cash poor. Yes, and so you know you've got now you've got generations of of Spani who are working within the organization, and it's it is the cash cow for them, and that's why Dean so desperately wants to hold on to it because he's not only beholden to himself and his immediate family, but, uh, you know, a bunch of others that are sitting there with their hands out saying, hey, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, uh, I'm part of the the Spanos clan or the Spanos trust. And it, it just, I, I, you try to come up with a way to sympathize or, or with him or show sympathy for him. He, he has done nothing. Nothing. Going back to when he was an owner of the San Diego Chargers to ingratiate himself to the fan base, Never. to show people that he's, you know, the, the quote-unquote man of the people. So right now people are, are already getting ready to dance on your football grave when it, when it happens. Do you think he had to sell that home in Del Mar just to pay Joey Bosa's new contract? <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to put it this way. He had to get out of San Diego. There was no way he was going to be able to to live in San Diego and be the owner of the San Di- uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Do you remember that poem that Judd wrote on his on the day Dean closed the sale at his home? Vaguely, it was like the, his daily dump for that day. Okay, it, it was okay. like the last line was something about hitting your fat ass on the way out. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split you. No, yeah. I think he said, "I hope it hits you." <laughs> oh, it, yeah. I re- well, it, it and it kind of is now. But he would he would have you know if he would have stayed in San Diego it would have been a weekly hey someone threw another rock through Dean Spanos's you know big beautiful bay window there in La Jolla he had to get out of town God and he can... and he never did much for San Diego when he was here I mean that they you know the shop with a jock thing that they did that and he did the high school uh, wasn't it all star actual... football game but beyond that he didn't. Wasn't it more actual Chargers players going yes. out and doing stuff like Philip and yes, Nick community. and guys mm-hmm. who actually cared about this town? Here's the thing. They, you, you cannot fault them 
they did give money to charities when they were the owners of the San Diego Charger, Chargers. But everyone saw right through the veil. It was a hey, hey, you know, we're we have to do this. We have to do this. So they're and they were just throwing and money. They would drop at things. it in the media. They would they would drop so that the media would pick it up. The way they would drop it was always a little. I oh, don't yeah. know. I thought it was always a little shady. You, you know, met Dean? Yes. Many, many times. Oh, sorry. There's I've done. I, no. <laughs> well, both of you. Is <laughs> yeah. he as squirmy as he seems? It, 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 you talk about a man who's not only afraid of his own shadow, but is so uncomfortable in his own skin. Mm-hmm. Anytime we did an interview with him out there at, at training camp and we were doing shows out there, um, you know, the, the PR staff, what Dean wants to know what you guys want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's like, Really? We're, we're not stupid. We're not going to get Dean Spanos on the air and say, God, why, you know, why do you just suck ass as an NFL owner? We realize where our paychecks are coming from. And I think that's where a lot of the bitterness comes from as far as, as I'm concerned. We carried a lot of water for that franchise. And, you know, when, when, when he was trying to get the – well, trying to get the stadium built here in San Diego, which we know he was just checking boxes so he could go to the NFL – and they say, well, I tried here, and now I'm going to move to Los Angeles. So there was a lot of eating shit on behalf of, of the Spanos family while they were here in San Diego. I've emceed events where, uh, in a very small group of season ticket holders and marketing partners, Dean would come into the room, and I would introduce him and, and speak. And it would, I would just literally sit there and watch him physically kind of shift and shake and just try to say the least amount he could and to get the hell out of there. To get back to the country club or get back to the golf course or his or his house, Dean. It's, well, yeah, and and I don't know if it if it's the way he was raised or you know when he was thrust into the spotlight as the president of the team, if is something he wasn't ready for or something that he wasn't ready to embrace. But the story is the story, and now you've got a man whose sister is saying sell the team or at least sell my share. The thing is. Whether she's just trying to get her share bought out or she just wants the whole kit and caboodle sold, this is a big black eye for the NFL. This is huge. And NFL owners don't want to have any any team have to open up their books. When you go to court like this, your books are getting opened up. Yeah. We already oh, know yeah. the debt. We already know the charitable stuff. Uh-huh. We're going to learn a lot more, and mm-hmm. I can't wait. I'm here for it. Oh, of course, Let the ben. Spanos is rot, man. Yeah. yeah. I, listen, let and the— I'd like to shake Dea's hand, D-O-D-D, whatever. It was funny how it Not came Dean, out. The other one, yeah, <laughs> D Dea. 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 How it came out on uh, the story came out on opening day of baseball. I thought that was sort of funny. Like, yeah, it was like we got the we Padres were all pumped for opening day and two hours prior to the game. The story dropped. It was two cherries on the Sunday. Yeah, it was. And the Dodgers lost. And the Dodgers lost. It was a, it was actually a really a really good a good day. Trifecta. Padres won. Dodgers lost. Here, Dean's broke. I, what do you guys think is going to happen though with that? Well. I'm going to say fan base. What little of it is there? Do they see? Because I could see a guy like Bezos or or Balmer or maybe even Josiah. Although I don't know a lot about Josiah, but we know Steve Balmer is not afraid to spend money. Jeff Bezos, obviously. What? How much it cost me? How many billions? Okay, boom. I'll make I don't the, know that either of those guys get into the NFL ownership group because I don't think the NFL ownership group wants someone coming in who's richer than them. But yeah. Bezos has been linked to a lot of um and there's probably possible... a reason it hasn't happened yet well what team was for sale though the washington football team was in that little era of flux where something was going to change and snyder just ended up buying everybody out plus yeah. isn't the nfl have some kind of 
partnership with Amazon now too. There's something the streaming, right? Yeah, yeah. right. So, so there you go. There's already a relationship well, there. And, and we we all think we think of Jeff Bezos in those very deep pockets. He might be thinking, why in the hell would I want the headache of although it it it's like us spending a hundred bucks of an NFL franchise because it's a trophy. It's, it's like, something to add to your brand. It's something yes. Amazon gets more popular with the NFL. The yes. NFL gets more popular with Amazon. It's like when we were talking about what we would do if we got Tatisa's contract yeah, yeah. kind of money and you were like i don't know one of us said a boat or a yacht or yeah for the record i said a giant bam slam studio <laughs> that's right. right you did but but it is sort of just status stuff you know so for him to be able to be like yeah i'm an nfl owner i don't know so status I, when you have that kind of money i mean we, we can't really no no it's, I it's, it's, it's for you. <laughs> i mean the, the second you had that money you would buy an nfl team or try wouldn't you oh absolutely but i think what you said about he he then becomes the biggest dog in the room, and I think the Crafts, the Jerry Jones of the world, those old school NFL ownership groups are like, huh? Uh, he all of he, a sudden Bezos is the guy at the urinal who's taking a step back and just letting everything flop out because well, he knows he's got the confidence exactly. And in you know he the thing they're, what they're afraid of is i guess the status quo being upset and i think that's why they yep. they don't want to mark cuban and that's why they like dean because they can kind of punch dean around and just oh, tell him dean go of. do this go do that oh yeah he's he's you can you literally see what the puppet think? strings growing out of his arms what do you think stan Kroenke is thinking too the stan like, hates him be- yeah oh stan's loving it Rolling. stan's like why the hell is this even happening why do i have to share this place with him i think i think i think Kroenke called d and said you should get Streisand for yeah. your, uh, I'll, your I'll attorney. I'll help pay for your lawyer fees. I know. <laughs> personally, personally, I here's his cell phone. Call him. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it's, listen. This Dean Spanos is a little sand flea biting at Stan Kroenke's ankles, and Stan's just tired of swatting it, going, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" This is a dream come true for for Kroenke. And you know, we we forget that that little. As I said in my tweet, pesky darn relocation fee that yeah. has not had a dime of it been paid. Okay. And people are thinking, oh my God, if he That's has six hundred and fifty million. Right. If he has to pay that, then he's done. The NFL can change the rules on the fly. They will change them as they want them. They can say, Dean, if you sell the team, we're gonna forgive the well, obviously if he sells the team, he's not gonna have to pay the the relocation fee. But they can say, sell the team and Ben Fletcher, if you buy them will wipe away the relocation fee. Now, if a Balmer or Bezos buys them, the relocation fee is like, okay, I'll make that back in 10 right. minutes. So mm-hmm. no problem. What about the scenario where the NFL just buys the team? And, and the league runs them? Yeah. Um, I don't think – well, I think that's doable. What I think that helps is San Diego's hopes. Yeah. Because I, I think the NFL is realizing that the two LA teams experiment isn't working. The no. Rams don't even have enough fans to – there's not enough fans for one team, no. more no. or less two. So I think that does help San Diego's hopes. Ask them how much they love having a bad New York Giants and New York Jets team. They hate it. They it, 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 in the in the Aaron know, Judge is now the number one star in the New York marketplace. He's a baseball player. Thank you. Okay, but reality, I, 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 is there even a one percent chance they ever come back? No. Here? Not I, under I, this name. I, I'm asking because I really don't know. Like, under the Spanish I would think, family yeah, name? maybe. No, not under Spanish. Oh, just just in general. If it, no, I don't think they will. The under most Spanos, likely but... scenario would be some sort of expansion because where there's a new, entirely new team. 
because every right okay because everybody's first you know tweet was bring them home bring yeah. them home yeah and i was thinking oh i don't think that's that's just getting people's hopes up right and right I, I don't know that if, that's if, if if this is i was i was thinking about this scenario as i was driving or as i was working in the yard actually after the story came out yard dog bork, bork. yeah i would i would buy the i would buy the team and i would say i am nfl please don't uh, please wipe away the relocation fee to LA. Don't hit me with another re relocation fee because I'm taking it back to San Diego. I need your help. You know that they belong in San Diego. I know they belong in San Diego. Um, you want Super Bowls back in San Diego, right? Don't don't kill me with a bunch of fees. Help me get them back there, and we'll get back in the rotation. And I'll be a good soldier, and I'll do everything that you need. And if you're, we're talking Balmer and Bezos money, and, and Joe Sy for that matter, then it just becomes a, all right, I think we have to build our own stadium um, because the Aztecs deserve to have their own place and not have to share it and get all the monies from the advertising and things like that. And then you buy it, you build it, and you move it. Fernando I, Tatis and Justin Herbert, same stars in one oh, town. Geez. Okay. My I'm, God. Why not? Why not? I've always said they should build it, like, Oceanside somewhere. I mean, I don't know if there's any land that, you know, Pendleton would give up, but um, because then you could pull from Orange County. Yes. Yeah. No, so that's, then I you'd have that's Orange County idea. and San Diego and sort of the Inland Empire would come over. I'm with you. That would be a really smart location. And, um, but, but here's the thing. So we're talking about no, the, you know, the chances of them ever coming here bleak, but they're not going to be good in LA no matter who the owner is are they I mean you're absolutely are they right. ever going to catch on there so what's the point of leaving them there unless they would move them somewhere else I still contend San Diego I, if they were to win a Super Bowl as the LA Chargers who would care that it, that's that's it it would be I don't even think that would help I, I don't think it would either if the Rams of course if the LA Rams won a Super Bowl that would register because they were the L.A. Rams for the longest time. And people who hit me with the, well, you know, the Chargers started in L.A., lose, lose me on that, that argument. It's, it's going to be so fascinating to follow, and it's going to be so much fun. Ben, as you said, when the courts say, okay, open up the books, let's see really how much money you have or how much money you don't have, and then we'll make our decision. It's, it's, this is going to be one of, probably a year and a half or two, two years of the greatest soap opera Maybe the NFL's ever seen. Awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Big Brother's in studio. I saw him. He's right there. Look at him. Look how cute. <laughs> Look at him. Uh, we have donuts and mimosas. Yeah. You, <laughs> celebrate birthdays around here. When we come back, Alex is going to be on a mic. Uh, we have a great guest coming up. Are we st- st- keeping it hidden? No. Let it rip, uh, Al. Oh, uh, okay. Uh-huh. So I love I'm the sentimental girl that I am. I love one shiny moment when it. At the end of the NC2A men's basketball tournament. Yep. I love it. I watch it repeatedly every year. And so we have the composer, David Barrett. That's so cool. The composer of One Shiny Moment coming on to tell us all the backstory about how that all came together. Bam Slam fam, we love you. We'll be right back. As we told you at the beginning of the podcast, and we just reiterated for you, so happy that Blender's Eyewear is along for the ride on the Bam Slam podcast. podcast you talk about awesome affordable sunglasses rad styles plus colorways that range from 38 bucks to 68 dollars they offer a wide range of products sunglasses rx blue light snow goggles and helmets as well 
They're big right now. They are even getting bigger. Locally owned, locally made here in San Diego, but internationally known. Uh, Their motto is life in forward motion, and their goal is that their products push you to be the best version of yourself, like we're trying to do with this podcast, and that's why Blenders is along for the ride. Thank you, everybody, with Blenders Eyewear. Uh, They are offering a 16% discount uh, on behalf of the Bam Slam podcast for all of you that get to BlendersEyewear.com. Just use our code, Bam Slam. And you're going to get 16% off your purchase. BlendersEyewear.com. Code word is BAM SLAM. You still around? Wow, that's impressive. What do you mean? Let's get back to the BAM SLAM. Once again, here's Ben, Allie, and Mike. All right, guys, we got the final four uh, today. Obviously, Monday night will be the national championship game uh, in Indianapolis. And uh, as regular as the sun coming up, and the sun going down is what CBS does at the end of the broadcast, and that is the one shiny moment uh, shot montage of all the great moments from the tournament. And I'd, I'd love to meet the editor who is literally editing as they go to commercial break before they come back for one shiny moment because they're they're putting shots in it. I love the song one shiny moment. I hate it too because when I hear it, it means college basketball is over. And the late great Luther Vandross did such a wonderful job with it. But let's take it. Let's let's peel back one more layer. Who is the mind that came up with one shiny moment? That man joins us here today, composer David Barrett. David, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Glad to be here. Take us to the 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 genesis of of one shiny moment. And was it just one of those things that popped in there? One thing that you really thought hard about before you started composing? How did it happen? Oh, it's that's a great question. Um, I I joke that the song found me more than I found it. Um, And also the fact is that, you know, it it took me a very, uh, well, it didn't take me long to write it, but I kid, it took me 10 years and 30 minutes. So, (laughs) David, um, is it true that you wrote it on a napkin? Yep. uh, I I was, uh, yes, it is quite true. I wrote the title on the napkin after trying to impress the world's most beautiful waitress. Um, Did it work? About the, no, well, I got a good song out of it. Believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, uh, I was froze cause she sat down next to me after my show. And, uh, I was watching Larry Bird on ESPN and I had nothing to say other than trying to explain the poetry of, basketball uh to her and uh and after she hurriedly left uh my soliloquy uh i wrote down the title one shining moment on a napkin took it home slept on it next morning my friend mark giovian showed up uh 20 minutes late and i wrote all the lyrics on a series of napkins and then when i got home put them on the top of my piano looked at him and wrote the song wow that is amazing that's just what Um, a story so then how did it end up with cbs and the tournament how did how did it go from your piano or the restaurant to the piano to the to cbs well short version is that uh i had been in new york uh the uh, a couple months before uh uh and I spent some time with my friend Armin Katayan, who 
at that time was a sports writer for CB, or for, excuse me, for uh, Sports Illustrated. And um, I said, I'm going to, you know, I wrote this song about basketball. I think it's something special. And he said, well, if you ever record it, uh, send it to me. So time goes on. I eventually record the version that you're essentially hearing now and stuck it in a cassette. Uh, or stuck, stuck the cassette in an envelope and just mailed it to him. Wow. And without him telling me, he knew a few people over at CBS, and he just took it upon himself, God bless him, to walk it over to Black Rock. And and, uh, and then a couple days later, out of the blue, CBS calls me. And that's how it happened. So when you hear it every year at the end of the tournament, do you – I mean, do you get goosebumps still, or do you believe that you did? Oh yeah. I mean, I know how talented you are, but do you still just think, "Wow, I did that"? Well, I uh, I will say I would say a, a couple of years ago we were I think in Houston or whenever the Final Four was then, and I walked up, uh, you know, after the the game, the all the kids, all the players stand around and wait, wait for one shining moment on the jumbotron. So, um, and a lot of the crowd stays. And so my wife and I were walking up the steps after the performance of the song. And, and this, this gentleman was bawling like a baby, uh, after seeing it. And my wife goes, you know, this guy wrote that song and, you know, uh, he made me feel like Paul McCartney for a minute. I would say. It, it, you know, it's very moving to be a part of this very emotional uh, uh, tournament, and and the way CBS handles it, and now Turner, they make it a little bit of cinematic poetry, and you're capturing these young people uniquely at a time that's going to be here and gone, and I think uh, it's it's a credit to CBS and to Turner now that they respected what it's come to mean. Wow. Well, I cry every time I hear it, too. Every year. It's hard not to. Well, that's more like it. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Oh, David, uh, you know, we got criers in my family, too. My pops cries every year when he hears it. Uh, Are you ever Hmm. mad that you didn't sing the song yourself and uh, and Luther was the one who recorded it? Well, here's a a, a little secret. Um, When I recorded it, uh, the version that they put on the air for about six years, the first six years, were uh, the guy talking to you, me, uh, singing it. Oh, uh, because, wow. And so I was the vocalist for about six years because they just said, well, we'll put it on the air right now. Let's go. And um, so that was an honor. And then Teddy Pendergrass sang it, and I sang it again for a couple of years. And then the preeminent uh, Luther Vandross uh, sang it. And uh, and the version that he did, by the way, is the last song he ever sang because he had a stroke uh, within days, if not weeks, after the performance. And so we were lucky to get him, and I'm grateful every day that he put his transcendent performance on, on my song. Dave, before we let you go, can you maybe give us sure. a couple opening bars ask. of one shiny moment just oh, like, <laughs> sure top of your head. now if i were better at this phone i could put it on the you know the oh, let me see what i can do okay yeah, oh i can't ready yeah ready. i'll do the uh morning 
<clears throat> morning voice version. I'll just give you. Uh, by the way, I played years ago at Humphreys by the Bay. Or nice, Bay. beautiful. Yes, Art Garfunkel, which was the most beautiful venue I ever have been ever seen. But all right, let me give you the. I'll give you a verse and a chorus, and then uh, we'll call it a day. How about that? Awesome. Sure. Tell me, you can. Can you hear it? Yeah. Yeah. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star all the years. No one knows how hard you work. But now sure in one shine it's all on the line. for doing that for us david barrett of course of course we are a pleasure we are a better podcast because we've had you on it sir (laughs) that's Uh, for sure thank you well i'm glad thank you so much for the time this morning and it's going to make listening to that your song monday night that much better (laughs) david continued success thank you thank you david so much see you you guys bye-bye bye Was that not the coolest thing ever? Okay, wait a second. Now, we we just had what is, pardon the pun or whatever, our greatest shiny moment so far in the, our young podcast, that right? That was really freaking cool. Okay. So I'm now... Real. Allie's a mess. Allie's a mess. Literally crying. I, you had totally tears cried. in your eyes. I'm, I could I'm not sitting stop going, mm, keep it together. Um... And oh and, and now we've got to go right into bidet talk. And yes, How, I'm happy well, we're doing it. <laughs> How's that booty hole? Well, to go from, I mean, an absolute awesome town like David Barrett writing one shiny moment on a cocktail napkin and then learning about all the other things that he has been a part of to m- using a bidet. How was which, it? it no. Magical? No. No. No you magic. High? No. No. Nothing high. Tingly? Nothing. No. Yes. Soapy? <laughs> I just, I'm good with toilet paper. Can I just leave it at that? I'm super good at so toilet paper. So you do paper. have a fan, though. I saw on the, your remote control in the video. Yeah, there's, there is yeah, a fan. Right. I, I kind of looked at the remote control a little closer, and there's just all sorts of shit on it you can do. Bubbles. Listen, you said there are bubbles. Yeah, there. I don't need it. Sorry, toilet paper's good. I'm good with toilet paper. Here's my thinking. It's just too complicated for you. You haven't figured out how to do it the right way, so every time you do it, it's uncomfortable. And Even you if like, I figure out to I'm do it, the, just no. have Megan there with you. I know no. she doesn't want to see it, oh but God. just have her dial it up for you. Maybe get it centered right at the right location. I don't. I still haven't used it. I still. Can I come over? Yeah, you can come over. But I'm not calling my wife and hey, I just did poopy. Can you help me with the bidet? No, like you haven't before. No. <laughs> oh my God! Listen, if it's your bag, great. Bidet away. I am, I'm, no, I'm good with toilet paper. I think you need to go over there now and do a video yeah, so that you can compare the experience. He'll be in there for an hour. He'll <laughs> be in there with that. Pasta, how strong can you get the water pressure? <laughs> Look at that Fletcher giggle going on over there. 
Yeah, so let's let's just I say okay. I don't I, I don't need I, I know that I hated them beforehand. Uh I tried it. I know that I'm not going to use them in the future. I'm good. I don't need a bidet. I can't wait for the day where you text me and you're like, I got crap all over my hand because the toilet paper ripped and you were right. This is the way to go. Bidet's wrong. No. I no, and I would just simply walk to the sink, which is five feet away. <laughs> and you're okay with just scrubbing? You don't mm, I just cannot with you. But how much would you wash if it's on your hand? I would wash it a lot. Do you wash it a lot? When it's... But I don't walk around with my asshole exposed to everybody. That's you why I basically do. Oh, no. Shorts are not no. that thick. We all know <laughs> what's going on. Why is Costa always walking backwards, hunched over? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need the bidet. Your brother's in studio. The wonderful Alex Fletcher joins us right now. Alex, good morning. How are you? morning yeah that's uh, get in there yeah talk close talk yeah are uh, you are you like bidet yay or bidet bidet nay i honestly don't know i haven't had the experience either and uh you guys make a lot of compelling arguments <laughs> um, so you know it's just riveting sitting here listening to this type of debate I'm back sure. and forth debate. i'm sure it's like yeah it's yeah it belongs presidential on. debates ben and costa <laughs> yeah you know you. Where, where do you go so. i hear you how you doing man I'm good, yeah, just here in uh, San Diego, hanging out with Ben. Uh, our birthdays are close together, so we try to get together for birthdays. Oh, and that's cool. Easter worked out, too, so it's all all good time. Alex, and- I want to hear the the uh, basketball record that you hold. I want to hear the story. Uh, Yeah, so I was... Uh, is it still a record? I don't know, actually. I always tell people it is. Yeah, it sounds but- better when you say that, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, so it was in... Our hometown, and just a junior college basketball, nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, halftime of the game, Ben, who's uh, what you're like, thirteen at the time, fourteen years old. Yeah, maybe eighth grade. He's the kid that the coach would get to film the games for him just by giving him a t-shirt or something. Sweet. You know? So he uh, uh, zoomed in on all the boobies in the crowd. Oh, oh, of course you did. So Ben comes down at halftime, and he's like, "Alex, what are you doing, man? Everybody's here to watch you. You've missed more than you made." Like, oh, yeah, thanks, Ben. <laughs> Having a good day. Uh, so, yeah, and then proceeded to uh, make nine threes in the second half. And Jeez. Was 12 overall, I think. Yeah, 12 in the game. So. It was pretty sweet. Our whole family extended everything. All his old coaches, even high school friends, everybody was at the game. Dude sucked ass in the first half. <laughs> <clears throat> okay you're such Second a little bro- you're such a little brother fired didn't uh, miss shooting from like five feet behind the three-point line pulling up right after half court just draining everything did you uh, you guys win the game we did yeah. okay good by like yeah. 30 the other coach was like what the fuck another what one what is going on and i owe it all awesome. to ben what, yeah, what, what a great experience though, in front of everybody in your family and, and like ben just said your old coaches as well that's pretty damn cool yeah it was awesome it was it was a fun night for sure is it cool having him for a younger brother it's uh, never dull. I bet. It's, uh, never know what you're going to get. You know, you never know what's going to happen next. And it's always uh, it's always eventful. How People many... don't like it when you bring up bidets at the dinner table. Found no, that out last night. Really? Yeah. The oh, funny, oh. funny thing is about Ben, uh, we all, I, you know, me and my friends, we're all five years older than him, but he was just always with us as a little kid. You know, he's just always around that little punk kid. That's cool. And, you know, you always said, oh, he's not pretty enough to be on TV. <laughs> So that's out. But oh, radio, this this radio, yeah. he never shuts up. He's got the face so, for radio. Yeah. And oh, I guess awesome. he has some good things to say every once in a while. So. He he told us last episode that you are single and he's trying to find you a 
girlfriend. Well, are you single? Is it official? Uh, put me on the spot, just like that. Yeah, have you had uh, the talk? No, I have not had the talk. But oh, she's so there meeting is somebody... mom today. Wow. Oh, that's oh, whoa, 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 whoa. sweet. Time, 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 time. So there is a significant other in your life. It's a, it's, yeah, it's all new. It's all new. Oh, oh, otherwise, I was uh, going to say we could do some kind of dating right, show. Right, right, right. Uh, episode. How long have you knew? How long have you gone out for? It's been uh, like three weeks now. Oh, oh well, so it's new. Yeah. Super new. And yeah. he's already introducing her to the parents. I think ah, that's, that's okay. All right. I always have done that. He never has, so she must be special. Damn. Have Where's you met f- her yet, Ben? No, I haven't. She flies in today. Where's she from? She's from Dallas, Texas. Uh-huh. Y'all, look oh, out. All right. I like Dallas people. Put some spurs on those boots. Put a little <laughs> hitch in your giddy up. That's cool. Where'd you meet her? She's a traveling nurse, so she's in Fresno right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, where I'm living. So my One of my nephews get- married a traveling physical therapist. That's a great way to see the different parts of the country. Where'd you go on your first date? Brewery. Had a baby. Yeah. She put him nice. down? She's not afraid to drink. Huh? Nice. <laughs> and you're a head coach now? I am, yep. Yeah, head coach for a women's basketball team. Uh, actually, at the school I played at in Fresno, Fresno City College. So Very uh, cool. Yeah, in year three. And uh, going for it. That's awesome. Dude, did I you watch it. any of the women's uh, tournament last night? I did, yeah. The, the Stanford game was crazy. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, I know the, the UConn-Baylor game from the Elite Eight, that was one of the best games I've ever watched. That yeah. was a great game. And UConn just got knocked out, right? Yeah, yeah it's Arizona-Stanford. Oh, Another all-west like, side of the country loses. final. Fun fact for you, too, the, uh, Ari McDonald, the really good player for Arizona, she's from Fresno. Oh, is she? Why didn't you recruit her? Uh, she was already. I wasn't there yet. You know, I wasn't there yet. I know she would have Arizona, Fresno City. I, mean, I love it. Uh, There's only one right choice, right? Yeah. Well, that's cool to have you in studio, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Being Happy here. birthday! Absolutely. Oh, that's right. Wait, whose birthday is closest? You just had yours. Yeah. So he's two days before me. Oh, okay, cool. So we've had it our whole lives, right uh, next to each other. Roller rink parties, all those things. Ponies. Blow out the cake together. Uh, Smash your brother's face into the cake. <laughs> Mom! No, it's cool to have you in studio. You know what's also cool? Will. Will Effin Myers. Do you want to do a little watch report right here? Let's hit it. Before we talk about those Padres. How did this guy do in the last Padres game? Myers diving to make the catch in left field. Will Myers does not miss that one. Two-run double for Will Myers. I'm a Will Watcher. I'm a wheel watcher, watch a wheel go by, my, my, my. I'm a wheel watcher, I'm a wheel watcher, here comes Will now. Here's Costa with a wheel watching report. I know I'm really good. All right, so Will, uh, two games into the season, uh, the Padres are 2-0. Shocker. Shocker. Um, beat the... D-backs and Madison Bumgarner opening day 8-7. They won last night. What was last night? 4-2? Yep. Uh, <laughs> in four hours. hours. Oh, my. Okay, I'll talk <laughs> about that in so a second. Long. But, uh, Will, so far on the season, 2-6, one home run, batting 330, 335? 333. 333, yeah, 333 to do the math right. Um, that's our Will Watching Report uh, for this episode of the Bam Slam Podcast. Will Myers is the most comfortable-looking human on the planet right now in the yep. box. The, oh, yeah. like, nine-pitch at-bat he had in game one where he was just kind of nice. You know, Tati's really is starting off kind of funky. It's okay. He's so tight and tense. 
He needs to take a lesson from Will and just relax. Well, I hope I, I, I don't think it's the case, but I don't want that contract to be weighing on Tatis. Like, okay, I got to be Superman now. I mean, I think it kind of is. Maybe I think it, he's, maybe like, it he's is. gone through this entire offseason of everyone talking about him as the Messiah of baseball. Right. He's saving the game. Yeah. It's so, but it's just, it's, it's awesome to see Will Myers uh, be Will Myers. He mm-hmm. looks just you know? happy and relaxed totally. and into it. And I don't know. I hope that they, that this team all loves each other as much as they look like they do. I think they do. I don't think it's phony. I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can fabricate togetherness, camaraderie, and really having your other guys back. Especially because we saw it kind of come together in a season where there's nobody in the stands to put a show on for. Mm -hmm. You can kind of almost forget that you're doing it. It happens in radio all the time. When you Mm -hmm. get going in something good, you're not thinking about people listening. You're thinking about the conversation. Right. So I think the Padres last year got going with something good. They aren't thinking that anyone's watching them on TV. They're just playing baseball. Yeah, and they and they brought guys like Darvish and 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 Blake Snell, the other new guys that they brought in. They've kind of, I mean, they're chameleons. They've assimilated uh, just like that. No, it's it it really is a true uh, togetherness. Baseball's got a problem, and I don't know how they're going to solve it. And I don't want to hear about pitch clocks. I don't want to hear about well, you can't step out of the box once you get into the batter's box. That game last night was almost four hours long. Brutal. Now, listen, Allison, you said before the show, but, you know, they're getting guys on base and there's action and things like that. And we're, we're still, you're still faced with, if, you need, if you're trying to grow the game, it's going to come from the young people and young eyes on the game. What young kid is going to sit through four hours of a baseball game? Right. No, nobody. nobody. Right. I think I'm ready for the seven-inning game, always. Because I'm you. pitchers are going less into games. Yeah. They're, if anyone gets out of the fifth inning, it's like, whoa. What does Snell go? Yeah. Four and two-thirds last? Same as you, Darvish. You, Darvish. Yeah. yeah. They, so, they said they were holding him at 85 pitches. Right. So if pitchers are going less and less into games, it, the game should be shorter. Because pitchers used to go eight innings every single time out. Yeah. It's, and that keeps the game going quicker. It's these bullpen stops. That's the only issue. It's it the really amount of times is. the manager comes out to the mound to switch pitchers. That whole process takes 10 minutes every time. And I, I don't know how uh, how they're going to fix it. Seven the, innings. I'm ready. I okay, think baseball, I'm, I'm be with drastic. You. I'm, listen, seven innings ain't bad, but you're still, even though we had the pomp and circumstance of, of opening day and the grand old game, your fan base is is just dwindling. And, and people, again, I go back to what father or mother or whoever has a, a small child is going to be able to get them to sit there for four hours unless the kid is a total, she or he is a total baseball junkie, which is not the case. No, there aren't any. There's Most no more the Steve Hartmans in this world. <laughs> no, they're not. And I know the baseball purists and, and you know people of the old school are like, oh, but it's the chess match, it's, and it's this and that, and it's you know uh, sitting there. and then, No, not for four hours straight. They're in trouble. I, they're in trouble. Even playoff games, I, you won't get me to sit there for four hours. No, it's the beauty of the... I'm telling you, it's the beauty of the DVR. Beep, 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 Not beep, only beep. am I missing advertisers, which is something baseball has to think about, but I'm going. I'm watching the little scoreboard, and I'm like, okay, there was a run scored. I'll stop, go back, and how was it scored? That's how I will watch a lot of baseball games, which I guess sucks, but I, I just don't have the time. Well, they gave all this money to what Ken Griffey or no? Who they bring in? Who's the guy who was with the Padres and the general manager of the Mets? Not the Sandy Alderson? No, the general manager of the Cubs when they won the World Series. Red oh, Sox. Theo Epstein. Oh. Theo Epstein. Yeah. yeah. They paid him all this money to kind of reinvent the game. Well, he at least Theo realizes we're in deep shit. Yeah. 
if, he's like, if things don't change. Start throwing stuff at the wall. That's why I'm saying the seven-inning game, it might seem dramatic. Well, what's dramatic is you've lost an entire generation of fans. And did we hate yeah. it during doubleheaders? No. No. no kind of liked it. Was, it. it was... Yeah, I didn't see... I see more people complaining about the fact there's not a DH in the National League than that a seven-inning game. That it, needs to change. I cannot... Time. Watching you, Darvish, and then Blake Snell last night, it's so... Awkward. It's when cringy it was, watching them have to stand there. Ugh. Especially on the hills of, even it. though it was a truncated season, it was so freaking awesome yeah. Yeah. to have the DH in the National League. And if yeah. you think about lineup construction, the Padres paid Hassan Kim a lot of money to come over, and I think there would be a di- much different lineup if there was a yeah. DH. So Big deep, time. deep, you know, really intelligent baseball people are going to think this is a really dumb question, but I don't understand it. Why does an entire league have two different sets of rules? Like, you don't have different sets of rules in football between the National NFC League and, and the, the AFC. Yeah, I, I, know, I don't, I don't I know. get why. Or in basketball, the Western, it's it's crazy. I don't understand why there's two sets of rules. <laughs> it's so weird to me. All right, listen, uh, before we get out of here, do we have our songs for uh, for the, the people to download and go to? You go first. Winona. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Winona's Big Brown Beaver was basically trending on Twitter yesterday. Oh, it was. Uh, I'm going to go with a... Uh, a jazz favorite of mine, the late great uh, Miles Davis, and one of his songs, "Blue and Green." Uh, I was listening to it last night, uh, sitting on the grass with some neighbors, having a cocktail, not a bunch. But uh, mine is Miles Davis, "Blue and Green." Al, you got one? Uh, ben, why don't you go next? Red Hot Chili Peppers, "Californication." Love it. That's a great one. That's a great one. I'm gonna go with Bruce Springsteen, "One Minute You're Here." Love it. Good job. I like it's from the his new album. Yeah, it's from his cool. new album, and I watched the documentary on it. And it was pretty cool, and that song has meaning to me. All right, Bam Slam fam, as always, we appreciate you being along for the ride. And last but not least, you brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces for what you do and what you've done for us. Bam Slam fam, we let... Oh, no, no. Bam Slam fam. No, no, no. we got to start we'll again. We'll no, soon. no, see no. Soon. Three, two, and one for what you've done, for what you do and what you've done for us. Bam Slam fam, we'll see you soon. We love you. Mwah. Ooh. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.